Craft Beer Radio, episode 462, on April 21st, 2018. Hey, Jeff. Hey, what's going on? How would you like to sit down and talk about some beers for the 462nd time? It'd be a free, a freewheeling conversation. Again? Okay, absolutely. Oh, good. I'm glad I came up. Highlight of my week. All right. That was Greta Van Fleet. I got, recently got turned on to them. Very Zeppelin-y. Very much so, yeah. Uh, they, I think they just have one album out. <laughs> you know, it's a bunch of... Kids about the age of Zeppelin when Zeppelin was Zeppelin. So um, it's pretty interesting. What that. are Zeppelin now if they're not Zeppelin? Well, they're still Zeppelin, but now they're old. So the Ship of Thieves like situation? Rolling Stones, you know, they're less rolling. Did <laughs> um, Okay, so uh, we should say a uh, friend of the show, uh, John, John uh, Dago. Sent some of these or all these? Uh, John sent four of them. Okay. And then this one's from Greg. Okay. And this one I bought. Okay. So this is one of the ones that John bought. Thank you very much, John. This is Yingling IPL. Technically a craft brewery. He said that he uh, got this on Eclipse Day. So it's a little bit on the old side. (laughs) At the brewery in Pottstown. Ah, okay. Uh, Bravo, Belma, Cascade, and Citra. I'm sorry, Pottsville. I always get town and ville confused. Sorry. Bravo, Belma, Cascade, and Citra hops. 5% IBU, 5% alcohol by volume, 60 IBU. Uh, Okay, I'm curious, right? I mean, Yingling makes a uh, well-known... Here's how much impression i have though i see this cap uh-huh and i just get a negative feeling already. yeah it's the same yingling cap and it just looks uh, it looks like litter to me yeah <laughs> <laughs> it looks like something that's on like the ground and on near the beach or something yingling's regular lager what what would that be it's an amber lager. Um, yeah, man. It's not really like a classic style, per Yeah, se. It's American amber lager, you know. It's... It kind of reminds me of a bad alt beer, interestingly enough. the Some of the flavors that you get yeah. from, from Yingling lager are not, not my favorite uh, lager of its type. But anyway, this is a, a somewhat hazy, uh, kind of golden color, a little bronzish. Yep, so John said to drink this one right away. We'll see how it holds up. It, it's already got some long legs on it if it was yeah. picked up on August 20th. <laughs> to be sure. Almost a year old, so you'd expect that that's yeah. going to be hot. The, the aroma on it, there's a little bit of hops coming off of that. There's uh, The malt is... Kind of biscuity smell, a little bit of like toffee on the nose. A little bit of orange pith. Yes, I agree with everything you said so far, especially the biscuity thing, like a southern, mm-hmm. southern biscuit. Hmm. Still some hops in it. It's a little hop faded, but it doesn't really taste 
like as hot faded as mm-hmm. what was it? We, we had one last week, right? That right. Was, it was really hot faded. It doesn't taste that bad. It um has a moderate bitterness to it. Finishes kind of on the finishes pretty dry. Yeah, that's kind of chalkiness on my tongue. The malts um kind of go away quickly. This one's definitely a hop forward still. It's not bad. It really isn't. Um, It's, yeah, I'd like to try it fresh, but there's a little earthy, maybe buckwheaty kind of thing in the background Mm -hmm. um, that's adding to the the malt and and it's giving a little bit of, uh, giving a little bit of something to, to hit the hops against. A little contrast there. The hops themselves seem to be playing a, a pretty standard route. They're not necessarily going in any crazy direction. It's it's orangey, citrusy. Uh, Seems like this one is definitely emphasizing the India and the pale and not as much the lager. Where other IPLs we've had have much more emphasized the lager. Yeah. And I like this balance better. This... Feels more arrow like. I even feel like I'm getting some some estuary yeast stuff mm-hmm. in here too, which is not what you would typically expect from most lagers. Yeah, or from the IPLs that we have. It had. could be the age on it. It could be, um, you know, maybe this was still alive and it had, and and the yeast had time to develop something. Probably not. It is yingling. I would expect it would be pasteurized. I don't see any gunk in the bottom. Hmm. Yeah, this is decent. It has a little bit of oxidation on it. As I'm getting into it, there's a little bit of yes oxidation. Little, little. Uh, how, how would you describe? It's not that? really in a bad way. It's kind of like a. There's like you know, take a an eyedropper and take your like five year old barley wine and drop a couple drops in it, right, <laughs> to carry the that kind of oxidation through. There's not too much else of the beer that's really barley wine like. But it does have that oxidativeness. That may be giving it some of some of its extra uh, mouthfeel. Yeah, could be that that bit of oxidation on it. And that kind of has a uh, I don't know. Cardboard is, is is often used as a way to describe it, no. but it's not not coming here in that sense. No, it has more of a kind of the flavors you get from an aged beer. Yeah. A beer that should be aged, right? So this one But that's that's not a good description. I gotta find something right. something that yeah. is getting a, a flavor bit... that people can relate to. I mean it's a little bit it's blending in with the toffee. You're getting a little bit of like dried cherry or something like that. Uh-huh. It's maybe um... a bit of like shiitake, like something earthy. Hmm. I'm just trying to give I, it something to right, and then I think it's making. I think it's making the malts come across more like a barley wine than it would otherwise. You know, the so the malts have that more toffee, more cinnamon bread type flavor to them. It feels like it's adding a bit of almost like phenolic spice to the malt a bit that just opens yeah. them up a little bit more, like raisin bread or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm. 
That was Yingling IPL, much better than I expected. Yes, if that is a strong portent for the show, yes. it could be. It's a good start. This I gotta get this cap out of my sight. Though. Just <laughs> seeing this golden red cap, it just gives me nightmares. Okay, so we have a Belgian single, we have an alt beer, we have a double red, we have a hazy IPA, and a ginger sour. Let's do the Belgian single. Okay. I think we may have done this one before, but I don't remember it. So Hardywood single, 6.2. We've done stuff from Hardywood before. Right. Uh, 6.2% alcohol by volume, 30 IBU. This is part of their flagship series. Won an award, silver in the 2014 Virginia Craft Brewers Cup, Belgian and French Ale. So, the second best in Virginia in 2014. All right. So. Which, uh, to be fair, there's a lot of good breweries everywhere. So, all right, moderate, or I would say, uh, you used to call this moderate haze. Yeah, <laughs> moderate haze in the old school way. Pours with a shaving cream head that is holding up. So it's well. a little bit darker than than uh, pure straw, sort of a golden straw or a bronzish straw color. Uh, it's got yeah about a finger's worth of of a tiny bubble head. The aroma on this one is it's pretty neat. There's a honey thing, a little bit of cucumber maybe. Huh? Yeah. Something lightly spicy, like not hmm. quite cinnamon, not quite mace. Something in there. That's uh, my new online venture. Not quite cinnamon. Not quite cinnamon. <laughs> Get a variety of dirt. <laughs> There's a little melony thing, right? Like honeydew, maybe? Yeah. A little bit of buckwheat, too. I wonder if we get some stratification. You're getting like you're calling all the melons, and I'm calling things that are much more phenolic. Let's see. Jeff is now smelling mine. That's about the same. I'm just focusing on different things. Did I get the I get the beer glass back? It smells all like Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to get isolation boots. <laughs> but then we but it was hard to <laughs> Well have little you know those like glove smelloscopes bo- or you know those glove box type things. Oh have, like, okay. We'll have these little airlocks where we can pass the beers through and it'll evacuate all the air and it replace it with fresh air before <laughs> you can open it. Yes, that, that's where your donations go. <laughs> yes, $100,000 building chamber. The building of that, uh, that device. All right, let's give it a taste. I'm sticking with the buckwheat. The maltiness on this is really kind of a little bit rustic and doesn't molasses-like. Go buckwheat to me, it, okay. it's more wheat in general, because I don't get that big mushroomy earthy, okay. I mean, I'm getting or spicy kick. I am. See, I'm getting mm. 
something that's a little more earthy, like you said, than wheat would go. Um, and then like a little bit like a molasses or something in there as well. Some of the molasses type flavors. I'm getting kind of a lighter beer than I expected. A little rustic. Um, kind of vaguely Swedish triple-like in terms of its of some of the flavor profile, but but lighter than that, which I guess is kind of what a single is supposed to be. Not to me the most fulfilling type of Belgian, so not like not my ideal Belgian. So I need to adjust my frame of reference for that. Give it a give it a better look. I think I was, you know, when I see something like a Belgian single, I worry that it's going to be very light on the flavor, not mm-hmm. really giving you much complexity. I feel that this one's really delivering a significant amount of things to look at, a bunch of facets to explore, and I'm enjoying... But it all feels so here. ephemeral. It all feels so light on the tongue to me. It mm-hmm. does not feel like... Uh... Here, take a sip of my glass, just to make sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. We're we're drinking the same beer, but getting completely different things because I feel this one has significant flavor, and well, I would, actually I would, I would not call it. So you, you try mine because because that had that taste actually had lasted longer. The the stuff that was in there here <laughs> just pour me some of the the bottom of the barrel. So yeah, I think there was. Some stratification there because there, mm-hmm. mine was definitely like lighter, right? There was less. Yeah, going yours on. is lighter. The buckwheat stuff, is, the stuff I was calling buckwheat, is much lighter in yours. Jeff is now touching his eye. I'm adjusting my contact lens. <laughs> I got something underneath it. I'm so glad I don't have to wear contacts or glasses. Still, I'm almost forty-three. Bionic Eyes. <laughs> this was the Hardywood single. Um, it didn't really... My glass is almost gone, so this is definitely a good drinker. Yeah. Um, it disappeared before I could really dig into many of those facets that I was uh, proclaiming just a moment ago. Uh, I really like the malt flavor. Once I got that the little extra bit in there, mm-hmm. yeah, it filled out more. But there was, there was just a stratification problem that I had. Uh, yeah, but... Now that I got the full thing, yeah, I do mm-hmm. like it. Um, cool. So I just I needed I needed to get that. Uh, make make sure this is mixed well. The gunk. Okay. You would figure. You would think we would figure out how to manage these better. <laughs> yeah, you I, would think. I even poured it in like different segments there, but. And it wouldn't be any better if we drank our own bottles, right? Because we'd find all this bottle variation if we did that. Right, and and we'd either be forced to drink more or... like The nice thing about the way we do it is we're ultimately not drinking that much, which is good because, A, it's better in terms of our judgment, our ability to, to, to figure out things, and, B, I mean, we're... We're getting up there in age. It's not not like we can just uh, pound them back anymore. 
All right, there's a half an ounce for me, a half an ounce for you, a half an ounce for me. If this one's stratified, I'm going to kill myself. Uh, okay, this is uh, one of the Trader Joe beers. This is alternate dimension from a Joseph's Brow. So I never had a Trading Joe beer because we can't, of course, get them in, in Pennsylvania. They, uh, I suppose, they could start selling them if they wanted to do that. But it's a it's a whole thing. Got to go have a whole separate area of your store and can set it up right now. Mm-hmm. So it's an alt beer, five point six percent. 28 IBU. So. Alt beers are interesting. They're not, I mean, they're not a typical style you see a lot. Yeah, so I'm trying to figure this out, right? Trader Joe's, I thought they relabeled beers from breweries. No, they have their own. That's what it says here. It's from Joseph Brow Brewing Company, San Jose, California. Maybe I'm thinking of Kirkland beers. Maybe I, maybe I just kind of lump the two together. So this is um, where does it? So alt beer comes from the fact that it, it, it's 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 an ale yeast, mm-hmm. uh, right? So um, that that has something. It's 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 kind of lager, but it's it's kind of ale, and it's a top fermenting yeast, and and. It's it's a darker beer. Um, yeah, I mean this one's a German ale, right? It's not is. I wouldn't think that, and I could be wrong. It's been a long time since I've read up on alt beers, but I wouldn't like when I we talk about Kolsch's. Yeah, I would say that Kolsch's are cold conditioned after fermentation. You know, they kind of have a lagering phase to mm-hmm. them. Uh, with alt beers, I don't tend to think of that as as standard. You know, I, I just think of it as more of a German ale now. Because German brewers are making them, there may be more of a German type bend to I it. think they're conditioned for a while. I think that's something to do with it. it okay. It's been a while since I looked it up. Well, and this one's from Joseph Brown in San Jose, so you know it's not like you have a German brewer making an alt beer. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what's going on in Joseph Brown. Right, right. But it's not like it has a thousand years of heritage brewing. All right, the aroma. This one pours. Um, it's very clear when you can get the light through. It has a nice ruby red highlight to it. But if you just look at it straight on, it looks like a porter. It's pretty dark. Has a moderate head to it, slightly off white, like a light tan. The aroma on it is kind of like a sweetness, like kind of almost like a, like a box slash red ale type malt aroma. You know, where I'm smelling like um, a little bit of apples, a little bit of bread crust, like white bread crust, maybe a touch of tobacco. There, there's definitely a lot going on in here. Um, and, it's, well, and it smells like it's like an imperial version of whatever <laughs> it is, right? It just smells boisterous and bold. Flavor is interesting it's got like this raisin nut bran 
mm-hmm. thing. Um, it, it see, I think raisins and walnuts and uh, and very bready, like a, a very hearty bread. It has a really full body, and it feels like a, it's only five point six percent ABV, but it almost feels like a. Something someone would brew like an imperial alt or something like that. Like it feels like it might be like seven and a half. You know the kind of body that would go with it. Feels like there's a bit of like molasses stuff going on in there too, mm-hmm. and altogether not bad. I mean, it, it's funny because I have this thing against alt beers because my first alt beer that I ever had was terrible. I remember it well. It was Victory's like anniversary Ten years alt. Or something. Oh, that yeah. was. That one was like a scorched kettle. That was like you know there was a there was a serious flaw in that beer, but that was also a Doppelstika alt. It was not really an old beer. I don't know what's the difference. Double, whatever Stika. <laughs> hey, Doppelstika. But alts I've had since then have all been kind of good. They're they're mm-hmm. kind of like baby old ales. <laughs> they don't have the. The smoothness and the high alcohol, the, the high gravity, and kind of the, I don't know, uh, dark fruity stuff. But they do have this lighter, fresher fruit thing that's more boisterous mm-hmm. than than uh, than a porter or a stout or something like that. Yeah, no, this, I mean, old beers, I'm trying to think. Again, you, they're kind of on a ebb. You know, they're not really out there. There's not that many brewers doing them right now. And and you got to get all your hazies out now. It, well, right. But, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to say, you know, if there's an alt beer on tap at my local pub, am I going to go to it very often? Probably not. It's just, uh, it's one of those classic styles that I'm not inclined to seek out very often, if ever. But this is not bad at all. Um, but it also it comes to the question, though, how often do you want this? Mm-hmm. Frankly, not nearly as often as I want like a really good hazy, right? I mean, <laughs> that's just... The, the long and short of it is that yeah. what are you going to be drinking? What are you going to be excited to drink? What are you going to really like to drink? Yeah, I mean, Much. so, you know, it is a Trader Joe's beer. That's from a, you know, so mm-hmm. let's think about putting it with food because that's the place I'm going to drink it most often, right? You put this thing with a burger, you put this thing with some lamb, you know, I think, you know, those flavors. Yeah, are... that'll work. That will definitely work. Anything with anything a little bit gamey, even, yeah. will will give this. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just think, you know, any kind of beef, red meat, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing would go well with this. Um, so that, I mean, that's kind of put this as your dinner beverage with it. That's, that's the time I'd be drinking an alt, right? I mean, I can't think of, I'm going to go. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's a good point, right? These are beers that are more suited for pairing with something Mm -hmm. as opposed to simply drinking on their own. Right. This is a pairing beer. This is a beer you pair with something. Give yourself a, a, a new dimension to your experience. Mm-hmm. In that sense, uh, giving yourself, you might say, 
an alternate dimension, another yes, dimension to whatever you were experiencing before. I think this would go with like a cheddar, like a white cheddar. Yes, sure. Anything, anything that will cut through its. So the the, the cheddar is going to have this sharpness that will cut some of the um, some of the maltiness mm-hmm. of this, right? Yeah. Uh, the another way to, to think of this is the the big maltiness will help to suppress some of the gaminess and fattiness uh, of like a burger or something like that. Yeah. So it'll dry up a burger a bit, even though it's juicy, mm-hmm. and and just yeah. allow those flavors to mingle a bit yeah. more. Yeah. So I mean, I'm glad we. You know, there's times where we start talking about food when there's like not much to talk about. But mm-hmm. I think in this one, it it kind of helped us open a new door. Like, okay, so all these classic styles that are not the hotness and aren't going to be the hotness mm-hmm. anytime soon. Yeah, you're not going like, to have a run on alt beers. Like, what what are they good for? Why still make them? You know, other than just you know making them a historic landmark and you know keep them from being torn down. And I think. You just got to find its niche. And, you know, so anytime I get to one of these eh beers, I'll be like, well, where does it excel? Like, you know, and I think this guy excels with, you know, dinner. Yeah. With a, oh, with a, like, charcuterie plate. Yeah, that could be good. Okay. All right. Should we go to the to the red? Your favorite yeah. style. Yep. <laughs> Get ready for me talking about pairing this one with dinner too, because. <laughs> but before we do that, we got this new isolation chamber thing project <laughs> in the works, and we really need some help funding it. And you, you, you can help. This is how. You go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And then shop. Buy. Check out. But start your shopping session at craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. It it automatically funnels you right to Amazon, attaches our referral, and doesn't cost you a penny more. That's it. Thanks, everybody, who uses that link. Oh, you want the music back up? It's getting weird. Oh, Greg's feeling soundboardy tonight. <laughs> what do we got, Jeff? We got Metro Red from Port City, who just had their tenth anniversary on the Congrats, show last Port week. Port City, oh. another Virginia beer here. Fifteen point degrees, Plato. Three point five degrees, Plato. Sixty IBUs. But what else can I tell you about it? Six point five percent alcohol by volume. Uh, they call it a nod to the West Coast because it's hoppy red. Debuted in, uh, for DC Beer Week 2015. Alright, this guy was bottled the end of February, but he is an Imperial Red, so let's see how hoppy it is. The beer is fairly hazy. When you hold up the light, you get some brown highlights to it. It has a tan head, a little bit, uh, a little bit tighter bubbles than the last one. If you look at the label, and now someone who's not from the oh, DC I area yes. may not recognize this, but it's very it's it looks like the Metro Maps. 
the maps of the uh, the metro is the subway system. Uh, so definitely uh, based on that, and of course the line that that cut through. Uh, one of the major lines that, that cut through where, where I lived was the red line. Hey, there you go. You're so, taking out the port city, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know. It's, it, that seems like mostly a Maryland line. Does <laughs> <laughs> it go to Alexandria? Uh, no, no. I don't think so. Then maybe they did a series on the, all of the different uh Well, it's a red lines. ale. Right. Maybe they did a series. What, they, they do a blue ale and a, an orange ale? Maybe they did a blue line... <laughs> You know, and it doesn't have to be a blue beer, Greg. Come on, use a little imagination here. Well, no, I, I think that this is their tribute to the Metro. Could be, and it because it's and the Metro has a red line. And it's one of the more populous lines, I suppose. That's really what's important about this beer. Yes, just keep talking about that. It, it. It just struck me. I mean, I look at that and and. It's part of my youth. I mean, mm-hmm. the the map, the style of map, the the way that everything's drawn, yeah. uh, it's it's very significant. I mean, I remember taking that. Oh, so now we're doing ninety nine percent invisible. Is what we're doing now? Talking about subway map design. <laughs> Not really going into. The, I'm talking more about the <laughs> the my past. Uh, but you know, I remember taking it to. Uh, I, I worked at the Smithsonian one uh, one year as an intern, and um, that was fun. Uh, work in the Natural History Museum. Uh, if you're just an intern, you still get a free ride to the place. You get to walk anywhere you want. <laughs> nice. <laughs> At least at the time. I mean, that was before 9-11, right? That was way back mm-hmm. when. Right. But uh, that it was a good time. The aroma on this one, I was expecting like big hops. It's not big hops. It's a little hoppy. It's blended in with the malt. There's almost like a... Is it like a slight Mountain Dew aroma or something? like? I was smelling something grassy. Something grassy and green. Like I thought it was maybe ginger ale, but nah. Like I think my best guess now is like an aroma of Mountain Dew. I suppose. It's been a while since I've... I mean, even looked at a Mountain Dew <laughs> that's in like even focused my attention <laughs> on a Mountain Dew bottle of some sort, uh, much less had one. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. On to the tasting part where you put the beer in your mouth. <laughs> And then let it touch the other parts of your mouth that have taste buds. That have, them. <laughs> have ways of sensing certain yes. things. Okay. <laughs> this one's kind of ethereal. <laughs> this one's a little hop faded. I think um, as a hoppy red, I don't get a lot of hops. Um. But it's less than two months old. I know, which is weird, right? Yeah. It's if if the hops are there, they're they're really just they feel more bitter than anything else because yeah, that, that's provide, what they're, they're for. providing like a light flavor, mostly bitterness that balances and probably takes the lead on the balance. But 
right. Yeah, I know. It, 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 that's the thing with the red ale, right? How do you make a red ale exciting? Okay, well, we did it with an alt. What can we do with a red ale? Right. I mean, so, but they're calling it like a hoppy red, right? And that's completely different than an Irish red. That's that's like, um, what's the big hoppy? Is it Racer? No, Racer 5 is not a red ale. No. But, um, that would be an IPA. But, you know, there's really hoppy beers that are this color out west. Why can't I think of the really big one right now? I don't know. Drawing blank. So the last one had really nice flavors. They were distinct. You could explore them. And while they were like minor league flavors compared to what's hot today, they still have a place when we talk about pairing yeah. it with food. This beer is kind of just a muddle. I'm not getting nearly as strong an impression when I think about pairing it with things because I can't come up with something that will make that that this will provide good context for or this will provide a so 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 that angle doesn't feel as fruitful yeah well like the last one was a good beer that i normally wouldn't drink mm-hmm. but we grew up great with dinner this one's an okay beer yeah. i mean it's not bad it's, it's just not it's not all that good either yeah. uh it's It's okay. All right. So, moving on. I guess we go with the IPA before the sour. Yeah, probably makes sense. So, another beer from Aslan. Now, we've had on the show their double starfish. But this is just their starfish, and this was by Greg. So Greg we've, we've not had it. So yes, we might. We have to drink it on the show. That's it. Because <laughs> it's going to be completely different than our review for the double starfish. I am just sure of it. Orange starfish is a uh, double dry hopped IPA with Citra and Galaxy. Well, <laughs> okay. Twist my arm. Um, Bringing a gun to a knife fight. <laughs> Look at that. Mmm. That is pretty. I'm guessing we'll want the whole can, huh? This is a hazy IPA. New England style for sure. It's uh, got that whitish straw color. We need a jingle for... Maybe I'll go back on Fiverr and get a jingle for hazy IPA. (laughs) None none of those Fiverr's things ever sounded good. They were always like... (laughs) They sounded super cheap, and some guy with a weird voice going, eh, hello. <laughs> but that's why they were good. That's, uh, they were bad. It was so, like... <laughs> so loud. You're going to normalize? <laughs> yes, I will normalize. All right, so this beer is murky, as you Ooh, would expect, like head. I like this. I like the aroma on that. It smells like hot binds. Yeah, so this one has a kind of a green type aroma. You know, it's because it's, it's like double dry hop yeah. and whatnot. You kind of get that hop pellet grassiness, um, straw-like type aroma. Underneath that, the the creamsicle thing comes through. 
you know, like a yeah, like like bitter, some, a bitter creamsicle. Mm, there, there's something about that. Yeah, there, it, it it kind of there's a vaguely I don't I don't want to say dairy esque because it's not that so much. It's just kind of like a sweet cutting. Uh, so remember, you know uh, those hop candies that I've had yeah. before. Uh-huh. Uh, Bob Bob Barrow makes makes those, and. I wonder if he's like trying to like formulate like a hazy version of the <laughs> hop candies where it has like a more creamsicle type flavor to it. Those might be his biggest seller. If you could combine right that the hop with like I don't know the inside cream of one of those <clears throat> caramels with cream in yeah, the middle. Yeah. I mean, you would figure he's already getting like the hop essence into hard candy. Right. That's probably the hard part. Adding it with a creamy type thing <laughs> or, you know, it's probably easier if you're a candy maker. I, I don't know. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's more complications than, than we can imagine. <laughs> Next week on Craft Beer Radio, how to start a hop candy business. That might do better than my not quite cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> The anticipation is wonderful. Just smelling this like... Smells great. Tastes pretty good, too. A um, little more danky than I expected, basically, yeah, Rowan. Yeah. Um, it, it's got some... It has a little onion in the flavor. Yeah. Right? It's... A little bit, but now I'm getting more used to it. It's kind of a more of like a tangerine thing that it has a little sulfury bit to it. Yeah. Tangerine, you got the pith, but it goes a little extra. I mean, it's it's more than pith, right? It gets yeah. into to onion. It doesn't go Dorian, so that's that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is really more a factor of it not being very sweet. Because mm-hmm. you would think that like all the all these components that are in a hazy IPA flavor, and especially if it has onion, mm-hmm. that's like that's all in the durian ballpark, you know, <laughs> custard. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> well, except for the dead body aroma. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> the overripe mango. Part, I don't know about dead body. <laughs> if you smell durian, you would. We just smell different things. Mm. Programmed differently. They don't allow those on (laughs) public transportation. They don't know a lot of things on public transportation in Singapore. I've been on it. The sign is this long. And they they actually list the fine for each infraction. Bubblegum was 50. You know, durians were 150, you know. I remember, remember when that kid got caned? Yes. And one of the things is he kept getting caught with chewing gum. And I kept thinking to myself, like, I was his age at the time, like, what? why would you go to Singapore? I don't even care about chewing gum. Why would you go to Singapore? And I guess it's just because, well, it's it's illegal, so you do it. Yeah. But it's it, it struck me as one of those weird things. Is I don't remember why. Uh, he got caned for a couple things. But one of his infractions was chewing gum. And it's so weird because I don't, I didn't think of chewing gum as like popular routines 
but whatever. Yeah, we can talk about some of this in the post show. I want to talk about like teens abroad doing stupid things because <laughs> it was like a. It seems like they can It always captures the country's like imagination. Yeah. All right, so starfish mm. is orange. Orange starfish. Um, so it, it was a little bit more dank than I expected, mm-hmm. but now I'm getting more used to it. And um, I mean, it's, it's super drinkable, like, like a typical hazy IPA. Uh, goes down really easy and smooth. Um, once you get over the fact that I was smelling, you know, I was smelling more bright. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, sticky, kind of cascady things, and I got more of a, you know, more more of a dank thing than I expected. But once I got used to that, you know, recalibrate, go in, and it's definitely a really good drinker. You know, this one is this one has more of an apparent bitterness than many. It, like the, it's building on my tongue. It's a little bit kind of a throwback in that way where it you know it's not hiding the bitterness like many of its brothers do it's not a it's not a west coast ipa though i mean this is you know let's consider it on on the scale right i mean yeah i guess maybe i'm drifting my palate yeah and it's just an outlier in its style this, this, I don't feel a lingering bitterness just like sticking on my tongue that needs to be that I need to drink water to get rid of. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit more bitter, apparently bitter than your average hazy. I'm still waiting for somebody to come up with a good way to get a bunch of hazies on on this shelf. I know New Belgium is the closest with their Juicy Ranger. Yeah, that one's. It's better than Sierra Nevada's. I haven't had Sierra Nevada's. It's like a, it's called like a something, uh, something a little hazy or something uh, like. Oh that. yeah, no, I did have that. Yeah, but that's not it doesn't didn't have the qualities. Yeah. I I think you know you're gonna. I don't know if you're gonna find a national brand that really kills it. I think it's gonna be a bunch of locals. No, I I expect much more the locals to kill it. But I also think that I mean national brands have to be trying. Right. But national brand, like, okay, go to New Belgium, go down to Asheville, and you find it on tap at the restaurant is one thing. But finding it in bottles in Pittsburgh is going to be something completely different, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, think of, think of you know, where the good hazies come from. They're either growler fills or they're small canning runs, you know, things like that. For now, as the style becomes more and more popular... But they're also, as we expected, but they're to. also almost all sold out of the brewery, right? Mm-hmm. You know, getting them on the shelves. Yeah, I mean, if someone figures it out and can put out, you know, a uncompromising right. hazy, a, 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 somehow a shelf stable hazy would be yeah. a, a major factor, right? That that'd be a big one, right? And one that is downright murky and not, you know want to be, yeah. But then again, what are you going for? Because, you know, Hetty's not downright murky, so. That's true. But, I mean, well, Hetty is a different different thing. I think that Hetty is its own, it's it's the it's a raw 
IPA as opposed to a Northeast IPA, I guess. I, in my mind, like there, there's a difference. The guy that's it's the beer that spawned. It's the beer that the title yes, yes, it's, it, it, it spawned the style, but the style has moved beyond yes. that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I agree. But, On if it, to, but if it spawned the style, shouldn't the name be anchored to it? I mean, not necessarily. Okay. Fizzy like a soda. The head went away like immediately. It, it just like when you pour a soda, how it kind of like it's this chain reaction of popping bubbles and it goes out. That's how this one. Yeah. This is from Avery. This is their ginger sour. Uh, one of their it's a barrel aged sour ale with ginger six percent alcohol by volume. I don't it, know what kind seemed, of barrels it's aged in. It seemed like a oak. It says here. Seems like a weird combination. That's why I grabbed this one. But I do like ginger, mm-hmm. and um, I love my I love a Moscow Mule. To me, that is one of my favorite uh, cocktails. Mm-hmm. I know it's, I know it's a pedestrian cocktail, but I don't think I've ever had one. You never. I don't think it's so, no. ginger beer, and mo- and vodka and lime juice. Okay, it's awesome. They come in the copper cup. Or yes, something, right? yes. Uh, and uh, to me, the hotter the ginger beer, the better. But okay, so this was. I don't know if you read this here. Look at the look at the bottom paragraph there. If you already read that, I won't repeat it. But brewed with Rocky Mountain water, malted barley, imported especially Belgian malted barley hops, Saccharomyces yeast, Brettanomyces yeast, Lactobacillus, and Pediococcus. Wow, no, I did not know that. Okay. Well, there you go. So there's a lot of uh, different little bugs in here. A culture, if you will. <laughs> uh, not a monoculture either. A the, yeah, the aro- the aroma, the ginger is big, mm-hmm. and um, it it kind of you know the way the be- the the bubbles on the beer pop it's like a ginger ale, right? Like, so I'm curious, like. How this is going to play, like, because um, it smells like a one of those like real ginger ales, not Canada Dry, but right. like we have a bottle, a soda bottling company here in Pittsburgh called Latro Bottling Company, or Na- I'm sorry, Na- Natrona Bottling Company. They do this Jamaica ginger ale, and it's like great for doing mixers, like your Moscow Mules and stuff like that, because it's super spicy ginger mm-hmm. ale. Yep. And uh, you know, I'm smelling this, and um, I'm hoping that like. The ginger is just like almost fiery. That's what I want, right? So, for those who are not familiar, Saccharomyces is the general beer yeast. That's that's the ale yeast that's uh, used pretty much everywhere. Brevinyces, that is barnyard, right? Think uh, think dusty. Lactobacillus yogurt. This is a back. This is not a yeast. It's bacteria, mm-hmm. but it, it it's the one that that's primarily used in yogurt. Uh, but it you know is used elsewhere also. Uh, produces lactic acid and pediococcus. Think uh, cheese and feet. Yes. Another bacteria. And when pedio works on a beer, it works through like phases, right? Like, like, like when it's like still doing its job, like the beer is indr- undrinkable. <laughs> like it is just, like, <laughs> but then it like kind of cleans itself up. I wonder 
to say on the aroma, you could smell kind of some of the funk coming through that ginger if you took enough time with it. Under the flavor. The ginger is so strong that any funk would almost be taken out by it because it is a strong ginger with a, underneath it, a pretty lactic sour with perhaps a bit of a citric acid kind of thing to it. Which citric acid you don't really expect to come not from Pedia but from uh, acetic, mm -hmm. uh, acetobacter. Well, yeah, acetobacter will give you vinegar though. Well, Well, right, yeah. No, but I mean, like, you know, in sour cultures, you get things that come across like an orange, mm-hmm. like a lemon, citric, like that. Um, I, I think that the beer does a good job. It it brings the ginger, but it also balances the ginger. You know, it doesn't just kind of give you that ginger character. It, I'm getting, like, berries. I'm getting blueberry. Mm-hmm. I'm getting... I mean, it is what it says it is on the label. It is a ginger sour. Mm-hmm. That you are getting ginger and you are getting sour, and you are also getting sour that is multidimensional. It's mm-hmm. not sim- It's not a, a simplistic sour. Yeah, the sour. I mean, I love how. Mm. I really like the the progression of flavors here because you get the ginger, then you get the the sour blend where it's mostly lactic, but you get probably a little bit of that Brett funkiness in there as well. And it it kind of tears down that fiery ginger. Like get a little bit of like a berry type flavors, like blueberries, like almost like a blueberry pie. Yeah. And then you get something that probably goes a little bit getting a little bit of that like lacto like the slightly yogurty. Like it, right? almost like a I think blueberry yogurt at the end of that. Almost like a brie cheese rind or something like that, where you get just a little bit oh, of tang. Yeah. And yes. A little bit of funk. Yes. This is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the night. It has a complexity. You know, this is what beer is from Wicked Weeds Funkatorium should taste. Yes. Yes. Isn't it? Absolutely. It, this is the kind of thing I'm expecting because, yeah, it, it, it's complex with bright strong flavors um so the ginger is like chaperoning you through all of these extra flavors it's still there with you mm-hmm. but it's at the same time not getting in the way of this other stuff it's just it's letting those other it is it, also not letting the any funky stuff any super funky mm-hmm. stuff overpower uh the flavor so it's it yeah, it's, I, I think acting like a chaperone is the best way I can put it. Yeah. We haven't talked about the malt at all. The malt is playing a, a supporting role, not really coming through as, as as a lead or harmonizing factor other than just providing the body and, and just maybe a little bit of, um, like, you know, like think of that Belgian single from the Hardywood we had. You get, mm-hmm. you get a kind of a Belgian malt type there. A little bit of, of like rustic bread maybe, but... It's it's way back in the back of the crowd. I'm looking at the marketing speak, and I do like one word in here. They call it radiant tartness, and I like that because radiant implies different dimensionality. It's radiating at all mm-hmm. uh, in many directions, and and that fits because the the tart doesn't just come from one area. It doesn't just feel like it's it's stuck in one place. Uh. 
this is the kind of thing, yeah, where where you can sit down and analyze, and it's sort of kind of in our wheelhouse for 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 these things because there's so much here to to just ponder. The ginger and the acidicness of the beer makes the ginger come across brighter. Is instead yeah. of more of a grainy, gritty type ginger, it's more of like what you get from a ginger ale. Mm-hmm. I agree. This is neat. And it's not too sour. It's not... It, it's it's a strong sour. It's not a... It's, it, it's not a... Um, Mild sour. It's a good amount of sour, but it's also not a tear your cheeks off. It's sour. not sour to be sour. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, this is. This is what you want to do with an experimental sour mm-hmm. program. You want to take flavors that no one has ever put together before, ginger and pedio and brett and lacto. At fifteen dollars, which is you know the price tag, I dare say it's worth it. I think this is uh, yeah. easily worth that price because there's a lot to like here. I I really am enjoying this a lot. It exceeded my expectations. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect a ginger sour, yeah, to be put together this well. I didn't expect the flavors to work this well. Okay, you know what me saying you know what time it is means. <laughs> Time to say what time it is? Yes, exactly. What time is it? Uh, it's 10, it's 10, 10, 10 p.m. But it's also time to rank. Jeff, it's oh. time. Oh. To oh, rank. shall we? Should we? Could we? No, Maybe? let's skip it this time. Oh, but come on, Greg. Okay. I'll let, I'll let us do it again. All right. All right. I can go first because I know what I want to do. Yeah, I'm sure. going to put the Metro Red from Port City in last place. Um, it was just muddled. It When they called it, you know, a tribute to West Coast Reds, I was expecting, okay, it'll be like, it's, oh, there's a Bear Republic. It's not Racer 5, it's the other one. Um, it probably has Red in the name. <laughs> Damn it. Why am I drawing a blank? Everyone's screaming at the radio right now. Um, and this one just yeah, it's only two it's less than two months old and it's already feel it feels like it's like eight months old. It just it seems hop faded, it's not bright, it's didn't really bring much. I'm gonna put the Yingling IPL in uh fifth place. Vastly exceeded my expectations. Mm-hmm. Um and it held up really well for the age that was on that beer. Um, I would look forward to trying a fresh version of Yingling IPL. Um, dare I say, one of the nicest formulations of IPL that I've had. And I haven't had a ton, but they've never really been in my wheelhouse. And I liked how this one kind of wasn't as loggery as some of the other IPLs. Because I just don't feel that that IP in the L fit together very well. So minimizing the L helped. I'm going to put the alternate dimension in fourth place. Uh, this was a good alt beer. Um, probably more flavorful than what you'd expect from a traditional one. It, it 
it was 5.6%, but it felt like 7.5%. It just had a huge body to it. It did. Um, like we talked about, it's not a beer that's going to make it to, to the, I'm going to order this at a bar threshold when there's a bunch of great taps on. But if I'm looking for something to go with red meat or you know something like that, you know, I and I'm shopping at Trader Joe's, I would definitely grab this to go with dinner. Um, it That's where it stands out. Yes. You know, if you're looking for something to pair with beef, get the Ultra Dimension. It just it, Where it, the it, price it, is probably right, and it will serve the bill perfectly. I'm gonna put the Hardywood single. No, am I gonna? Uh, shocker! <gasps> dun dun dun! Shocker! I'm gonna put the Aslan, the orange starfish, in third place, just to prove I'm not a haze boy. Um, still the beer a haze was boy. What's that? You're still a haze boy. I'm still a haze boy. I'm trying to trying to prove I'm not. No. So the uh, the Aslan uh, was good. I, I dare I say the aroma was probably better than the yes, flavor. Yes, I, I do agree with that. For the, sure. A little more bitter, a touch oniony, you know, kind of are detractors away from this one compared to some of the other Aslan's that we had, but it was still very good. Um, in front of that, the Hardywood single. I got the better half of the bottle. It was more rustic, a little bit more buckwheaty, and I really, I really enjoyed that. I... I thought it was fulfilling and big and, you know, you don't expect singles to be big. You expect them to be, you know, if they're really well done, they're going to be a light, easy drinker. And this one was challenging. This one was fulfilling. So he gets bonus points for, for all of that. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for that kind of buckwheat rusticness. Um, I really like, you know, when you get that kind of buckwheat honey type thing in there. And he brought it tonight. Uh, you know, I'm glad Greg got the taste, some of the dregs at the end, you know. But, and, you know, we had this beer before, and I'm pretty sure it didn't do as well. So, um, you're very confident this is a he and not a she. He, yeah. I don't know. It's a microaggression. Leave me alone. <laughs> I mean, it, it could have no, I mean, it could be gender neutral, right? It could. It. That just sounds mean. It's a friend of mine, so I want to give it a personality. Um,. <laughs> And then, yeah, this ginger sour that we're drinking now. It just, I was expecting this one to be some weird, misfitting puzzle piece of a beer. That the ginger wasn't going to play with the sour, and it was just going to be this off-tune note. But no, it it worked. Mm-hmm. And, and it's what I want to see from an experimental sour program. You know, it's... I spent all that money at Wicked Weed at the Funkatorium, and none of the beers were as good as this. Were as good as this, yeah. My rankings are not the same, uh, but we have the same first and last beer. Okay. <laughs> In last place, uh, I agree, the, the Port City just didn't do it for either of us. Uh, just kind of felt muddled, and uh, even though... It made me think back to, to my Metro days. Uh, that wasn't enough to to push the beer above any of the other ones we had tonight, which all had other things going for them. Uh, in fifth place, though, I'm going to put the Hardywood. And it's not, and like, like you said, 
once I finally got the the better bit of it, I had a better experience with it. But because of that initial experience I had, and that's most of the experience I had, where it felt light and uh, not really present and more ethereal than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so blame it on, on the poor, blame it on Jeff, blame it on the rain. Yeah, yeah. Blame it on... I forget the rest of the lyrics of that song. Uh, in fourth place, the Yingling. That was Millie Vanilli, right? Yes, that was Millie Vanilli. Holy crap. In fourth place, the Yingling. That's a shocker that I, that that a Yingling beer would not end up in last place. Uh, but that was decent to to good. Uh, yeah. uh, the, there there was stuff there that I enjoyed. Um, if I see it again, I'm going to try it again, uh, and I will see if uh, if it lives up. In third place, I'm going to put the Joseph Bra, the alternate dimension. This alt beer is really well done. It uh, think of it if if you think of it like a like a baby old ale that's good with food. You'll see where you can use it to maximize your enjoyment of this particular beer. Uh, I did like the Azen a lot, even though as you said, the aroma was better than the taste. But it still once my t- once my tongue got used to it. Still a fine beer that was an excellent drinker, but this Avery is excellent. It's something that is um, uh, a star, something that, that I want to you know, point out to people and say, taste this, because there is so much going on here. Uh, I don't know what ne- if it's necessarily telling a story so much as it's just it has a lot of dimensionality to it that's cool to explore. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a really cool sp- spelunking adventure keep talking because i'm and jeff is now telling me to keep talking so i will so that's our list of of beers tonight six as we uh have has become our standard and my guess is that next week you'll be able to hear another six beers and the week after that another six beers and this will just continue it's it's like a we just can't. It's stop a repeating it. pattern. There's it's so a wave. Much, so much inertia behind. Yes. This that we just can't can't not do it. It just can't stop the signal, man. Oh, oh! oh. Doesn't this feel like a Zeppelin? It does feel a lot like Zeppelin. Be curious to see if like their second album, if whether they stick with the Zeppelin thing or like, you know, like, become themselves. Like go into a U two direction. Or I don't know. It just I don't know. I. Know very little about Greta Van Fleet, but uh, I do like these eight songs that are on this album. So, thank you everyone for listening to episode two hundred no four hundred sixty-two. Go back in time. This is America's pencil, by the way. It's, oh, look at that! It says USA Gold. Is that what yeah, oh, I want a gold medal. Whoa. It makes me want to crack it in half. <laughs> but I would. Thanks, everyone. Really do appreciate it. You can contact us, beer at Craft Beer Radio, uh, at Craft Beer Radio on Twitter. I am at Jeff Bear. Yep. Greg doesn't want no tweets, no mo. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can tweet me at CBR Greg, but yep. nobody does anyway. Thank you, everyone. Rock on.